0: All right. I want you to take your Bibles. It's turn to me to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. Let me encourage you coming up November the 12th, our annual living free bash. We have a huge auction every year to support living free. We love living free ministries. Mary's house. Y'all is Mary's house here today. Y'all here. Okay. There they are. And living free. We love those guys. Annual auction on November the 12th. I want you to, here's what I need you to do. I need for you to bring me stuff to be auctioned or actually give it to them. Call Samaritan's Percy. I got something. Girls, if he goes fishing next Saturday, take one of his shotguns and take it to living free and let him auction that thing off. Get the keys to his truck and drive it over and say, get rid of this thing. <clears throat> give us stuff that they can, they can auction. And then I want you to come buy the stuff somebody else brought over there. Really, we're just going to trade each other stuff and hand the money to them. That's all we're going to do. But I'm looking, if you've never been, it's a wonderful time. We have a dinner. It's a Saturday evening, big auction. And I want you to be there. Help us with that stuff. And as I always say, this is not a give you junk to Jesus program. Don't clean out her closet and bring it up here. Bring me something good. All right. Elder sent me a note this week. I got two Sundays left after this one. Your new pastor's on the way. 23rd will be my last Sunday. He'll be here the next Sunday. And it is time to take a new road and have a grand time. Very excited about that. 41 years. Since then, I'd be able to sit with my girlfriend, hold her hand, and watch, I'm going to right over yonder. I'm gonna watch, and I'm gonna be staring at y'all to make sure you are watching too. We're gonna have a grand time <clears throat> today. Well, I'm gonna talk a little. It's gonna be brief today. It's all about the heart. We're gonna talk about the heart today. We're gonna talk about the heart of man today, and the heart of humankind. Do we have any problems in this nation today? Now think about it. Don't answer quick. Do we have any problems in this nation and in the globe today? How are we doing at fixing them? That's good. All right. I want you to listen to what Jesus said about human problems and where they come from. Uh, I'm always amazed at what they call experts. Don't know what an expert is. I don't either. <laughs> these experts with these huge complicated answers that are trying to explain what's wrong in our land today. They're wrong. Jesus knows what he's talking about. And Jesus is going to take this stuff and make it so simple a child can understand it. I want you to look at what he says about all the problems we deal with. Matthew chapter 15, verse 18. Matthew 15, 18. The Bible says this. Those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the what? Heart. And they what? They defile a man. Now defile is not a word we use. Destroy. Something comes out of the heart. It comes through the lips and it destroys marriages and it destroys relationships and it destroys people's lives. Where does it start? It's not the lips. It's the heart. All right, verse, the next verse. 19, out of the what? Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, lying, blasphemies, these are the things which defile or destroy humanity. We're, what's the problem? It's the heart. Yeah. Jesus said, "All every problem on this planet goes back to what? The human heart. Right. We've got all, we have become professional excuse makers today that it's here's the reason, here's the reason, it's her, it's this. But well, Jesus said, nope, every problem on this planet comes from where? The human heart. Right. The heart is the heart of the problem. Therefore, we deal with issues. At heart level. The Bible, do you understand what, the Bible, what Jesus said right there? He said the human heart is the root of all evil. Right. It's the heart. Let me take just a minute and give you a history of the human heart. Uh, very briefly. Uh, in the book of Genesis. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Beautiful. I don't know if you noticed this week. My, I love this. I don't like the cold and dark. I'd live in a sauna if I could. But I do love that my father has whooped out his paintbrush this time of the year. He created a beautiful earth. He said, put man in the earth. And then in verse 26 of chapter one, he said this, let us create man and let us make him. What does anybody know? In our own image. Now there was, I was made in the image of God. Humanity was, it doesn't mean my face looks like his. He fills heaven and earth. It means that humankind had the heart of God to start with. God put his heart, he didn't do it in animals. God put his heart inside of people. The heart, the creative You think Almighty is creative? Look around. The creative heart of God was put in man. The compassionate heart of God, the selfless heart of God was put in man originally. And he said, I give it all to you. Be fruitful. Go enjoy. All right. The problem came in Genesis chapter three when an evil being, a villain came into the garden and said, you can't trust him. You be God. And They made a mistake that day. They rebelled against God. What happened on that day? The Bible teaches us something happened right here. This heart was infected with something. And some people call it sin. You can call it that if you want to. But the Bible really didn't call it that. The Bible calls it selfishness. And the human heart was infected out of the heart of man. On that day, the human heart turned selfish. Before that day, people cared for each other, loved each other, served one another, But after that, what happened immediately? As soon as the human heart was infected, what happened? Immediately. What's the first thing? Criticism. Accusation. Selfishness. And division. Chapter 3. Chapter 4. They had two sons, Cain and Abel. Cain saw that something, the older boy saw that the younger boy had something he didn't, so he murdered him. Why'd he kill him? Because his heart was infected with the selfishness that it's all about me. In a few hours, I'll have a funeral right here for a young lady that was murdered last Saturday. What does Jesus say? Why do people kill each other? What did Jesus say? Matthew 15, out of the heart. There's something wrong with the human heart from original sin. And down through the years, what's happened? Now listen to what I'm fixing to say. You can never stay the same. The human heart can never stay the same. You're either deteriorating down into further evil or you're going up into greater glory. Nobody stays the same. Everything either goes up or down in humanity. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 6. I want you to see the heart of humanity. All right. Genesis chapter 6. The history of the human heart. All right. Uh, Genesis 1 and 2. He created people. He put his heart inside of people. Genesis chapter 3. We rebelled against him. It changed the heart of man. All hell came in the earth. Genesis 4. You find murder. We don't know how many years there are between Genesis 4 and Genesis 6. had to be a lot of years because you go from four people in the earth in Genesis 4 to thousands of people in the earth in Genesis. So we don't know the time span, but watch how the human heart went downhill. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that the intent of the thoughts of his what? Heart was evil, only evil, Continually. What happened between the creation of humanity and Genesis 6? The earth was filled with evil. Why was the earth filled with evil? Because of the heart. Because the heart was evil. Now look at one of the most unusual verses in the Bible. Verse 6. And the Lord was sorry that He had created man on the earth. And He was grieved in His heart. What grieves the heart of God? The selfish heart of man. And of course, you know, this is the situation. Verse 8 says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And the human heart took humanity down so far that he had to start over with a man named Noah. All right? That's what the heart does to, That's what the heart does to a society. We've got all this, for crying out loud, it's money, it's privilege, it's, it is the heart. There's only one problem on this planet. It is the infected human heart infected with selfishness. Everything flows out of a selfish human heart. Everything. Don't make excuses. It's the heart. And so we had to start over. And the Bible makes it very clear exactly what happened. That This thing is it's so progressive. Let me give you a prophecy. Matthew chapter 24, Jesus said this. Now listen to this carefully. As it was in the days of Noah, Matthew Genesis 6, so will it be when the Son of Man comes back to the earth. Now listen to that. As it was in the days of Noah, it will be like that on the earth again when Jesus comes back to the earth. What's the earth gonna be like when Jesus comes back? Evil will be great in the earth because the thoughts of men's hearts. We have a heart problem today. And the heart problem has created great grief in our land today. All right. Uh, secondly, a lot of people are trying to fix our problems today. You hear people, you know, we, we got to fix this. We got an election. See, everybody's trying to fix our problems today. How are we doing? All right, political season's coming up and I've got all these people promising me they can cure the world if I vote for them. I'm not going to be unkind to politicians today. <laughs> it's not their day. Um, yeah. let me, and we got people hysterically pushing their politicians. Do you know why no politician can fix the problem? Because no politician can heal the human heart. That's right. you know, if, the, if the problem is the heart, which Jesus made it very clear, what politician can do heart surgery? Politicians are just going to take money from this group, give it to this group, which creates more hatred. If your hope is in politicians, God bless you. He's going to have to. You know what Jesus said about, I'm not being unkind. You know what Jesus said about politicians? They are blind leaders leading blind people. And if blind leaders lead blind people, where do they end up? What did he say? In a ditch. All right. Number two. Uh, we're really hip on education these days. I'm not against education. I started school. My wife and both daughters teach. I'm not against education. What's the, why can education not fix our problem? Listen, listen to me. Right now, the United States, we have more degrees than any nation in world history right now. In other words, we're the most educated people in world history. How are we doing? Yeah, that's good. You, you know why? I'm not against education. It's wonderful. Do you know why education can't fix the problem? Because education works in the mind. Where's the problem? Education doesn't touch the heart. It just touches the mind. Um, We put a lot of stock in technology today. Everybody's slobbering over technology. I heard a graduation speech not long ago and the young man said, I am so excited about the future for my generation because of what technology can do. You give an evil heart technology, you just gave it more opportunities for evil. Technology cannot cure the human heart. Technology can't touch the human heart. Technology becomes an avenue for more evil. Let me throw in one more. How about religion? You know why religion's failing in America? And it is. You know why? Because religion doesn't deal with the human heart. Religion deals with the hand, the externals. Religion deals with don't cuss, don't smoke, don't drink. The problem's not in your hand, it's in your heart. The heart is always the issue. Let me just put this out here. Why are we failing to handle our problems today? Jesus answered it in one simple verse. Luke chapter three, verse nine, Jesus said this, lay the ax to the root of the problem. Well, if the problem is the human heart and he says it is until you deal with the heart, you can't fix the problems. The problems in marriage are not her mother. The problem in your marriage may not be your husband. It might be you. You know, the problem in the economy is not that we don't have enough money. This nation made more money last year than the next three countries combined. We don't have a money problem. We have a heart problem. Until you lay the, listen to it again, Luke 3, 9. Lay the axe to the root of the problem. Deal with the problem at its root. What's the root? The selfish heart of man. Until you fix that, you're not going to fix any of your problems. Have we not proven? (laughs) Have we not proven this? Let me just take a minute and ask you, why is religion failing in this nation? Say, why are you so negative about religion? Because it's failing. Uh, let, me just, let me just give you, it's not my opinion. Let me give you one recent survey. Barna is the chief Christian pollster. Mr. Gallup's the chief secular pollster in the nation. Mr. Barna recently re- released a poll. And this surprised me. I was really surprised at this. He surveyed thousands of high school students. Let me tell you what he found. There is no difference between a kid that's involved in church and a kid that's not involved in church in this nation in their lifestyle. No difference. He said, Christian kids that are involved in their churches are just as likely to tell a lie, cheat on a test, have sex before marriage as non-Christians. I'm not not criticizing or fussing. I'm just saying religion's not working in this nation. Let me show you why it's not working. Turn with me to Matthew 25. Let Jesus show you why it's not working. This is where Jesus addresses religious activity and why it doesn't work. <clears throat> How many people have I had to say to me through my forty-one years <clears throat> of doing this? I tried church. Church can't fix your heart. You tried the wrong thing. And we—I don't understand why we keep missing this message. It's not about going to church and trying to behave. That's not the issue. Jesus answered it in Matthew twenty-five. This, oh, excuse me, oh, I'm sorry, Matthew twenty-three. This is where Jesus talks about religion and why it doesn't work. It's just so simple. Matthew 23, verse 25. Woe to you, trouble for you, scribes and Pharisees. You know what a scribe and Pharisee simply means? Minister. That's what they called ministers back then. Woe to you, ministers, hypocrites. You cleanse the outside of the cup, but inside they're full of extortion and what? Did your Bible say self-indulgence? Just selfishness. He said, you, You're dealing with the outside, but you're not getting to the inside. You understand what Jesus is saying? And he's not talking about a coffee cup here, he's talking about people. He said, You deal with people on the outside, but you're not getting to the selfishness on the inside. See, in our, in our, uh, in our churches today, we tell people, Don't talk ugly. you got to quit talking ugly. <clears throat> Why is that not working? The problem's not in your tongue, the problem's not in your mouth, it's in your heart. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart. People said, brother, I'm going to try to bite my tongue. You just don't need stitches. You, you don't need to bite your tongue. The problem's not in your tongue. Your tongue's fine. The problem's in your heart. See, we deal with the externals. You know, we tell people, don't go in them bars. You shouldn't go in them bars. Problem's not in your feet. Problem's in your heart. I'm not, I can go to bars if you want to, I don't care. You know, we tell men, don't lust, don't lust, you know, I told you about that stupid men's conference thing where they told men if you lust, get a big rubber band and pop it when you lust. Let, let me make an announcement. Lust don't come out of your wrist. <laughs> you can't stop lust by hitting your wrist. Religion's funny to me. We're dealing with these, you know, don't look over there. Don't, what did Jesus say? Hypocrites. You're dealing with the outside, but you're not touching the inside. Right. Look at the next verse. Jesus said, change. He said, change. Verse 26, verse 27. uh, I don't even know where I'm at. Verse 26, blind Pharisee. What's the word first mean? Deal right here. First, cleanse the inside of the cup and dish. Then the outside will be clean. What did Jesus say? Deal with the heart. Everything else will be there. You don't have to tell people to quit talking ugly. Deal with the heart. They'll change the way they talk. What did Jesus say do first? What's the most important thing? Get on the inside. You you don't have to wear a rubber band to keep from lusting or take cold showers. The problem's not in your skin. (laughs) Jesus said, fix the heart. You will deal with the outside. What's the answer answer for everything with Jesus, with the son of God? Get the heart fixed. Everything will be right on the outside. It's always the heart. Quit making excuses. It's always back to the heart. Uh, We'll get it back to the heart. The the problem with this religious stuff about, you know, I don't, we don't go to movies and we don't go over there. You get a man a new heart, you could set him down in a hoochie mama show and he'll tell them how wonderful Jesus is. Can I get a witness? I shouldn't said that. You know what Jesus said? You're working on the outside. It's not working. First, go to the inside, the outside will be fixed. We get fixed from the inside out, not the outside in. Right, what happens if the heart is fixed? What happens if we get our hearts fixed? Turn with me to Matthew 7. Look at what Jesus said about the human heart. All right, this, is, uh, this might sting a little bit. I'll never forget the first time I ever got gout. I didn't know what was wrong with it. my foot turned black and I, I, it was, I had never felt such pain. So I go to the walk-in clinic over here. And the doctor said, you got gout. I said, what's that? He said, don't worry about it. She said, we'll fix it." She said, we'll give you a shot. You'll be all right. This nurse came in and she had these two big needles, syringes on a tray. I started to roll up my sleeve. She said, you wish, white boy. She's wonderful, great big black lady. We had the best time. She said, turn around, pull your britches down. And uh, then she said, this is going to hurt. She told the truth. I figured out how you cure gout. You make them hurt so bad on their behind, they forget their foot's hurting. That's what the deal is. So here's my, here's my trigger warning. If you're religious, it's probably gonna hurt. Verse 15 of Matthew seven. Beware of false preachers who come to you in sheep's clothing, but on the what inside. What, what is it about this inside thing with Jesus? Why is God always dealing with the inside? Please learn something from God's Word. We keep looking at the outside. We've been trained to look at the outside. 1 Samuel 16, he told a great preacher, quit looking at the outside. Man looks on the outside, God looks on the heart. Listen to me. We've always got to learn to look to the heart. How do we measure people in America? When we measure people, we put the tape around their head. We talk about how smart they are. We put the tape around their bicep. We talk about how tough or strong they are. We put the tape around their billfold. We talk about how rich they are. I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm gonna say it. We put the tail tape around their fanny. Talk about how cute they are or whatever. God always puts the tape around the heart. He said, quit measuring people by externals. Jesus said, look out for preachers who look good on the outside, but inside, inside. what do he say? Inside they are what? ravenous wolves they're not regular a ravenous wolf is a wolf that's desperately hungry wanting to eat something what did Jesus say? a ministerial robe with the heart of a wolf it's all about the heart with him and uh, I want you to listen we're going to learn something right here that's going to help you you need to learn this today Jesus said in verse 16 you will know them by their fruits right am I supposed to judge people? somebody take a wild guess the same Jesus that said, judge not in the Sermon on the Mount, two chapters later said, judge with a righteous judgment. Right. Judge not. When he said judge not, he meant quit beating people up. Quit criticizing people. But when he said, you will know them, he said, you better learn to discern what's in the heart. Right. True. And what did he say? You better learn how to discern. And he's going to teach you how to do it. This is so simple. This is what really hacks religious people off. I didn't write it. Take it up with the man who wrote it. Jesus said, you better learn how to, how to discern people at heart level, heart level. And here's what he said. You will know them by their fruits. Look what he said. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorns or figs from thistles? We don't use the word thistle. What's our word? Briar. A thistle is a briar. So do you see Jesus named four fruits? Can you see them? Grapes, thorns, figs, briars. And then what'd he say? Judge people according to these four fruits. And how many of you intelligent enough to put them in two categories there? How many of you can see that the grapes and the figs go on one side, the briars and the thorns go on the other side. What's he talking about? What's he talking about? Hearts, hearts. You judge people by these fruits. I'm gonna make it so simple a child can understand it. I don't care if he's a preacher. I don't care what he is. Listen to me. If it's a grape or a fig, number one, people that have the heart of Jesus, there's gonna be a sweetness about them. Are figs sweet? Grapes. I grow figs and grapes. I can't eat them. I don't know if you knew this. Or not. A fig has the highest sugar content of any fruit there is. I mean, one fig like three donuts. You can eat six figs, you get diabetes. They're high sugar content. <laughs> grapes aren't far behind them. On the other end of the scale, you've got blackberries, raspberries, things like that. But what, what, what is it about figs and, and grapes? They're, they're just sweet. People that have the heart of Jesus are sweet people. Number two, Figs and grapes refresh you. They refresh you. 1 Corinthians 16, I thank God for the coming of Achaicus. He has refreshed my spirit. You know, people that have the heart of Jesus refresh other people. They have the same effect on you that eating a grape will. They refresh you. I told you you this would hurt. Do you know why people that have the heart of Jesus refresh other people? Because they have the spirit of Jesus in them. I want you to listen to Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Let's turn back to God so that times of refreshing might come from the presence of the Lord. When you get in the presence of God, what happens to you? Refreshing comes. Then people that have the heart of Jesus, they just, bring, they just refresh other people. That's the heart of God. Number three, they bring joy into people's lives. You say, Figs make you happy? No, that's the grapes. <laughs> In another form. In the great agricultural psalm, Psalm 104 is the agricultural psalm. It talks about God created agriculture and he brought vegetation out of the earth for different things. Bread to strengthen man's heart, oil to make his face shine, and God created wine which makes glad the heart of man. So there's your non-Baptist just amen right there. Why did God create wine? to to make glad the heart of man. That's what wine does, to make glad the heart of man. Dear ones, listen to what he said. Don't be drunk with wine. You don't need it. Be filled with the Spirit. Why did he compare his Spirit to wine? Because they have the same effect on people. (laughs) I'm sorry. Dear ones, you will know them by whether they bring joy into people's lives or not. You don't get briars. My grapes have never grown briars. Let me give you one more. They will nourish you. You can live on grapes and figs. They'll strengthen you. First Corinthians 15 says, above all else, seek to build one another up. John chapter 7 verse 37-39. You come to me, and out of your heart will flow rivers of water that give life to people. So here it is. People get around you, and there's a sweetness about them. They refresh you. They bring joy into your life and they build you up. You will know them by their fruits. That's, a, that's the heart of God right there. That's a Jesus heart. All right, here's where the fun starts. What's in the other category? Briars and thorns. You might think about briars and thorns. I can't believe Jesus compared people to briars and thorns. Religious people. Who are we talking about? Prophets, preachers. Number one, pain. Briars bring pain into your life. Can I get a witness? If people bring pain into your life, I got news for you: that ain't Jesus heart. Y'all didn't know that. <laughs> Listen to me. Ephesians four twenty nine. Let no word come out of your mouth that hurts other people. What is it? What about this mouth thing and words that come out? It's all tied to the heart. What's be? What's happening in our land today? Are people speaking words that are building people up or hurting people? You will know them by their fruits. Yes. It's out of the heart. <clears throat> Number two, wounded. Now, when I was in college, I've love, always loved to hunt. We couldn't afford rabbit dogs in so we had to take turns. And before us go hunting, one of us had to be the dog. And I don't, I don't know if you know this or not, but rabbits hang around in briar patches. Y'all, briar rabbit? Well, you know, if it was your turn, you had to get in there and stomp them out. Well, you, you can't stomp around in briars for a while and not come home wounded. You'd be scratched, blood all Are you with me? You get in briars, you're going to get wounded. These Christians that are wounding people, I don't want to hear it. That ain't Jesus. You will know them by their fruits. John chapter 8, a woman was caught in adultery. She was a (laughs) who's that? Hoochie mama. And the preacher said, she's a sinner, let's kill her. Jesus said, I didn't come to kill people. I came to help people and start them over. He said, get up and start over. People that hurt you, make no mistake about it. Luke 15, one, all the sinners were drawn to Jesus. All right, number three, number three. See if you agree with me. People avoid briars if they can. Am I getting over your head here? You know, when I'm out in the woods, I live in the woods. When I'm out in the woods and I'm walking along and I see a big patch of briars, I go around them. I'm over your head here. Let me make an announcement. You think you're a great Christian and you walk up to people and they go, ah, and run. Something ain't good here, Doc. People ran to Jesus. They didn't run from him. If people sing that great old Roy Clark hymn, when you come around, thank God and Greyhound, you're gone. Something's wrong, Bubba. That big diesel bus was a beautiful sight with the black smoke rolling up around the tail lights. It may seem kind of crazy, I'm singing this song, but thank God and Greyhound, you're gone. You don't run from people that are full of Jesus. What, this is not hard. Jesus said, when you have the heart of God, you don't run people off. Number four, <clears> there ain't nothing beautiful about briars. Psalm 90, 17, Pray this prayer all the time. Listen to this prayer. Let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. You ought to say, put your beauty on me. Put the, let Jesus be on me. Let people see Jesus right here. Let him see the beauty of compassion of Christ. Let the beauty of the Lord be upon us. Now, my wife and I are flower freaks. And uh, we love flowers. A lot of times, as soon as the sun starts coming up in the mornings in the summer, I'll go out and pick fresh flowers just for that day and put them on the counter. I just love flowers. And she's better at it than I am. I have never come in the house in 40 years and seen a vase full of briars sitting on the counter. <laughs> you know why? There ain't nothing beautiful about briars. And you wonder why people don't want anything to do with the American church. You will know them by their fruits. Dear ones, don't let anybody who, do, I'm trying to help you. People are going to be who doing you. Don't let anybody who do you. Right. If you don't see Jesus, if there's not Jesus fruit, they ain't a Jesus root in the heart. Right. All right, my son's five years old. We're walking up the line one day and we came to a persimmon tree and the persimmons is on the ground. He said, what's that? I said, those are apples. Oh. <laughs> he looked at that thing, picked me said, they don't look like apples. I said, I'm 40 years older than you. I got a college degree. Those are apples. And he, you know, he's sort of caught. He don't want to tell you, daddy, you an idiot. <laughs> Although he was at the time. And he just dumped, He said, don't look like no apple to me. I said, hang on, hang on a minute, But I said, I lied to you. I said, those are called persimmons. Don't eat them until the frost comes. I said, they're persimmons. And uh, I said, the reason, and I told him the reason I did that. I said, all your life, people are going to be trying to hoodoo you. And they're going to be telling you things that aren't true. But let me tell you something. If if it's a persimmon fruit, it's a persimmon root. Listen, persimmon trees drop persimmons. Apple trees drop apples. Jesus people drop love, joy, and peace. And the other side drops hatred and selfishness. This ain't hard. And I told him, no people buy their fruits. If there's an apple laying underneath it, call them an apple. If there's a pig laying under it, it's a pig tree. If there's hatred and anger under it, it's the heart of a wolf. Don't let nobody hoodoo you. Jesus' people bear Jesus' fruit. So what's the only hope for the human heart? Education won't cure the human heart. Let me tell you what religion is. You ready? I'm having fun today. I ain't got two more Sundays. I'm having fun. (laughs) You know what religion is? It's putting lipstick on a pig. So far, no good. <laughs> then you can put a lipstick on him. Put a tutu on him for all I care. It ain't gonna work, doc. What is the... All right, let's, let's, let's wrap. What's the only cure for the human heart? Turn to me to Ezekiel 36 and don't ever forget this verse. Don't ever forget this promise. You tell him, I need this promise right here. This is what I want. Ezekiel 36. This is the, this is the greatest... Picture the greatest promise in the Bible. It's the only hope. There was, this is the only hope right here. A lot of times people come up to me and ask, Can you do this and do that? And the answer is no. There was a, I'm not a hardware store. I got one answer for everything it's the Son of God. I'm a little boy, 13 years old, had my first job, well, I was my second job, and I was working for a man in a, an auto parts store. And uh, I'll never forget one day we're in there and a lady come in. She was older and she had a little bit of dementia. But this auto parts store used to be a grocery store. He turned into auto parts store. And she came in, he said, can I help you? She said, I need some potatoes. He said, "Ma'am's auto parts store. Neither one of them could hear. He said, ma'am, it's auto parts store. She said, where are your potatoes? He says, auto parts store, lady. She said, all I need is potatoes. And then went back and forth for a while. I finally said, just go get her some potatoes. Everyone's people come up to me all the time and say, can, can you fix this? I don't have but one product to offer. Right. It's
1: great product.
0: The Son of God.
1: Amen.
0: That's all I got. Hallelujah. The only thing I got to offer you is a new heart. True. But listen, if you get your heart fixed, Jesus said first, yeah. cleanse the inside, yeah. then everything on the outside will be right. It, it's, it's, not, it's not your mate. It's not your It's not your color. It's not your circumstance. It's not your education. It's the heart. The only thing we offer here is a new heart. But that fixes everything else. Ezekiel 36, 26. Listen to this promise. I will give you a what? A new heart. I will put a new spirit inside of you. I'll take the heart of stone out. Now we don't say heart of stone. What do we say? Hard heart. Tell me what he promised right there. What you need more than education or to listen to wine or what you need is that hard heart taken out of you. I will take the hard heart out of you and I will give you a what? A heart of flesh. We don't say that either. We say a tender heart. What did Jesus say? What did he say? The problem is the heart and you need to come to me and I'll I'll give you a new heart. I'll take the hard heart out that's causing all the trouble and I'll put in a new heart. You realize how big that promise is? Do You realize what would happen if the son of God would work a miracle and touch this heart and change it? You know what would happen then? Everything else in my life would be fixed. It wouldn't be easy. It wouldn't be perfect. But my problems would be fixed right there. You, you can only fix, fix people at heart level. Right. Why can people... Can I, can I just appeal to y'all? Why can people not get along today? You know, the answers are hum, tremendous and, and lengthy. And you, you're making my head hurt with these crazy answers you're getting from the experts. Why can people not get along today? Jesus answered it in one sentence. In Mark chapter 10, he was asked, Why can people not get along? In particular, he was asked this, Why can people not stay married? Why can people not get along? He answered it in one simple sentence in verse 5. He said this, Because of the hardness of your heart. Right. Well, what's the problem in our land today? It's not geographical, it's hearts. It's the hardness of the human heart. If people can't get along because hearts are hard, what's the only cure? It's not to have mediation. It's not for me to have my say. It's for my heart to get fixed. How many times have I seen people arguing and fussing and at each other and at odds and wanting to tell their side and then all of a sudden I'd see the Spirit of God come and just touch that heart and the tears would flow and it'd be fixed. It's always the heart. The issue is always the heart. That's why the only issue is to fix the human heart. Let me explain to you the only thing we got. This is a hardware store lady. We don't sell taters here. We have one thing to offer here and that's the touch of God. That's all we got. But that's what you really need. Let me, let me show you what this Jesus can do. There used to be this guy and he was the, he was the most hated man in his town. He lived in a little small town. He was absolutely despised. Everybody in his town hated him. He didn't have a single friend. He was a criminal. He'd stolen from everybody. He was just greedy, self-centered. He'd ripped everybody off. Everybody hated him. His name was Zach. He was despised in his community because of his. Why was he like that? Did anybody know? It wasn't because he was poor. It's because his heart was greedy. It's because he was selfish at heart level. And one day Jesus came walking through his town, and Zach was a short fellow, and he couldn't see him. So uh, you've heard this song: Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. Climbed up in the sycamore tree for what Jesus. wanted to see. you ever heard that? He didn't climb up in the sycamore tree. He just sort of stepped up a little bit, to see over people's heads. And all of a sudden, Jesus got beside this greedy little man. Everybody despised him. Jesus got right there and Jesus turned around and he said, your name's Zacchaeus. I'm going to your house for lunch. That lit the preachers up. Because remember, remember, we deal with externals. Preachers don't want you to be around sinners. Listen to me. There's nothing wrong with the boat being in the water. The problem don't come until the water gets in the boat. You understand what I'm saying here? All right, so he goes home with Zacchaeus, he eats lunch. Remember, everybody hates this guy. Absolutely. You'd have shot him if you could. You'd hate him. So he goes home and eats lunch with Jesus. Didn't go to church, didn't have any training, didn't even own a Bible because it wasn't written yet. He just goes home with Jesus. They eat one lunch. He stands up and you to listen to what he said. He stood up he said, Lord, half of everything I got is going to be given to poor people. If I've taken anything wrong, everything he had was taken wrong. He said, I'm going to pay everybody back four times what I took. How much money has he got now? This man who lived for money and hated people, all of a sudden something happens. He cares about poor people. He wants to make things right that he's done wrong. He, didn't, he wasn't trained. He didn't even hear a sermon. What happened? He got close enough to Jesus that Jesus did something right here. And what did he do? He took the hard heart out that was causing him to act like he acted. And what did he put in there? He put the heart of God inside of him. And all of a sudden, this man was transformed, 180. And all of a sudden, all he cares about is helping other people. And if I've done anybody wrong, I'm gonna make it right. Keep your study courses. Keep your rubber bands. Keep your endless talking. You need God to touch your heart. The answer is for God to touch the human heart and transform it. And to change us at heart. It's all about the heart. Everything gets back to the heart. Let me show you one more scripture about your heart. We, we have so disregarded the human heart in this nation. We have so trampled on it and abused it in this nation. Is it any wonder we're in the hellacious mess we're in? The way we've treated our hearts in this nation? Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4. Let him show you one more thing about your heart. Y'all ever watched the, the Muppet movie, Scrooge? Scrooge and the Muppets? As an annual practice at my house till my kids just finally had all they could stand. That's the gospel. Scrooge was Zacchaeus. He was a man that didn't give a rip about, you could die for all he cared. And all of a sudden he had a meeting with somebody and he became the most generous man in town. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't know where we got on this start dressing right, quit smoking. It's the heart. You change the heart, everything else will be fine. You don't change the heart, nothing's going to matter. Put lipstick on a pig, it's going right back to mud quick as it can. (laughs) Need Dr. DeBakey to do a heart transplant. I want you to look at what the Bible said in Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart with all diligence. Now watch these words. For out of it flow the issues of life. Listen to that. I want you to listen to what he's saying. The quality of your life is hinged on the condition of your heart. Your great your life doesn't come your life's not good because you got a lot of money, your life's not good because you have a great education, your life's not good because you marry the right person. Listen, when it comes to marrying the right person, won't you be the right person?
1: There you go. Yeah. Come on.
0: Perfect. Let's do that. Yeah. Tell me what determines your life, the condition of your heart. That's why he said, what guard your heart. Listen, take care of your heart. We are so abusing our hearts in this land today. Is it any wonder we're in the mess we're in? Let me quote it to you from the NIV translation. Above all else, what's the most important thing you do? Above all else, guard your heart because all the issues of life flow out of the human heart. Right. Yes. Right. Listen, listen, all we need is a heart transplant. All we need is for this heart to be changed. And, th- th- and listen to me, if you, you uh, I'm just stunned at how we're bumping our heads in this nation. Mm-hmm. We keep looking for, how can we fix this? How can we fix this? There's only one fix. Right. It's a new heart. And there's only one man can do heart surgery. One. And we need to go, you, listen, if, you're, if, you're, if your life has got 93,000 problems in it, you need to go to one man and get one thing fixed. Go to Jesus, let him give you a new heart. Let it come alive again. Now, listen to what I'm fixing to say. Many of you in this room have already got a new heart. You've been to Jesus. You've been born again. But dear ones, you guard your heart after you come to Jesus. You guard, our hearts are dying in this nation today because we're not taking care of our heart. We're letting our hearts be ruined with offense, anger, selfishness, prejudice, criticism. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Cynicism. Let me tell you what it did, a damaged, listen to, listen to a damaged heart. A damaged heart didn't notice the trees this morning. A damaged heart doesn't stand in awe of the sunrise. A damaged heart isn't amazed by the stars. A damaged heart looks at a baby smiling and doesn't see anything. A damaged heart is a dead heart. It just goes through the motions. He created you to live. But then when your heart is damaged, you can't live. You just function. Guard your heart. But I got good news. I got good news for folks who've not taken care of their hearts. That same surgeon who gave you a new heart can fix the heart he gave you. And I mean it. Listen to the first thing Jesus said. Listen, first thing he said when he started preaching the spirit of God's upon me. And he's anointed me to bring good news and to heal the wounded heart. A man can heal a wounded heart. If you're broken through life experiences, you say, I'm a Christian brother, Brown," but listen, go to the man and say, help this heart. Heal this heart. Uh, One of the things I love about the ministry at Mary's house, I love them girls. They went through things as young girls that were not their fault. They were hurt by things that were not their fault. But there is a Savior who, who doesn't just tell you to behave. He says, let me fix what was broken. He is the healer of the broken heart. And this religion, religion cannot do that. Only Jesus can do that. The man laid down his life to heal your heart. He laid down his life to give you a new heart. And quit wearying me with these discussions. Just tell me where I can get my heart fixed. I want to live again. I want to smile again. I want to enjoy my children again. I want to enjoy the sunrise again. I want to laugh till it hurts. I want to laugh till I throw up. That's called living doc. That's when your heart's alive. Only Jesus can bring the human heart back alive again. I'm sorry, I wish I had all them other fancy answers for you. I ain't got but one answer. This is a hardware store lady. We don't sell taters here. All we got here is a man who can heal broken hearts and put new hearts inside of there. How many people, how many times have I seen it? How many times have I seen it? A husband and wife who couldn't sit in a room together. Absolutely uncivil. And they yap a, yap a, yap a silence. And I just call the spirit of God into the room so I can't fix this takeover. And they live happily ever after. Not because they got their answers, but because God got in that heart. As I told you earlier, I have a funeral here in just a little while. One of my all-time favorite people was killed last Saturday. I sat with her sister this week. Her sister's a surgeon, goes to church. I love her dearly. Just two girls. That's all they have is each other. And a lot of times when tragedy happens, people get mad at God. And how many times have people looked at me through tears and said, why did God let this happen? You better guard your heart. The enemy of your soul is in your heart when you think like that. And we sat there and with tears running down her face, she didn't say, why God let this happen? She looked at me with tears running down her face and she said, why has God been so good to us? You know what that is? That's a tender heart that knows truth. Yes, sir. Never criticized him, never complained one time, just talked about how good God had been. Let me go a little bit further. I, I don't think she'll mind if I share this. She told me, she said, this house, we thought we bought this house because it was beautiful. We bought this house because God wanted us to be beside this church, not this church, near this church. And said, our marriage was in trouble. Life was not good. And we went to this church just because it was close. Went in the first Sunday. Weren't speaking to each other. Didn't even sit near each other. (laughs) I love my king. And you stood up and you said, I'm going to talk about selfishness today. And she said, We went out in tears and we have lived happily ever after. So we got the greatest marriage in the world. That, that was not the preacher, by the way. That's the Spirit of God taking that hard heart and turning it into a tender heart. It's, he specializes in this. He's good at this. So I'm going to say this to you and I'm done. If you don't have a new heart, good luck. I mean, you can try whatever you want. You can try counseling. You can try, you can be mad. You can march. You can protest. You can try making more money. You can try another chick. You can be like Willie Nelson go through girls like I go through fishing lures. You're not going to find the answer there. Right. You know what you're looking for? You're looking for your creator to put that heart back in you. Right.
1: You're
0: looking for a new heart. If you're a believer and you hadn't guarded your heart and your heart's been damaged through your fault or somebody else's, the issue's really not how'd you get in the pit. The issue is how do you get out of it. Right. <laughs> Religion wants to know how you got in. Jesus wants to get you out. Bow your heart. Just bow your heart and say, I don't know how I got like this, but I need your help. Yes. He has never turned his ear away from a humble, honest cry. That's right. I prayed with the man after the early service. I said, don't be fancy. Say it like the man in Luke 18 said it. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Yes. That's all they had to say. Yes. Turned his life around. Lord Jesus, I, I'm just so grateful. How did we get so goofed up in this land? Where did we get all these educated answers and all these people explaining? And Lord Jesus, all of them are lost as a ball in high weeds, blind as a bat, blind leaders leading blind people further into a ditch. I thank you that you take the great issues of life and make them so simple. Out of the heart come the things that destroy a man and a family and a church and a community and a nation. We don't need a thing in this world except the touch of God on our hearts. So I pray for every person in this room that has never opened their heart to you. I I just, I pray precious spirit of God, draw people to the son of God for heart surgery, for a new heart. Lord Jesus, so we can sing old songs like what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. You're the answer for everything at heart level. Draw people to your dear son. Father, I pray for people that are believers. They have trusted you for a new heart, but the culture we live in is hell on the human heart, Lord Jesus. The culture we live in is destroying our hearts through the anger, the viciousness, the garbage we pay attention to. I pray that you heal hearts and I pray for folks that will hear your voice today. Guard your heart. Protect that thing. Your life is tied to your heart, not your head. So I pray, I ask you for all this and I ask in the name of Jesus. Friend, as we're praying, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, keep it so simple like a little child. Jesus said, whoever comes to me, I'll never turn you away. He is the healer of the broken heart. You might be like Zacchaeus. You might be the nicest person in town. Either way, you need a new heart. You do it by praying a simple prayer. You just call on the name of the Lord. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will find salvation. Your heart will be saved. This is so simple. Pray a simple prayer with me, maybe something like this. Dear Jesus, you are the Son of God. You created me, and I need you. Thank you that you died on a cross because you love me. I praise you that you rose from the grave because nothing could hold you down. I praise you that you're coming back one day. I need you. Today I receive you into my heart as my Savior, my Lord, and the lover of my soul best friend forever. I call on you. I ask you to help me. I receive you today by faith. I don't understand it, but I trust you. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. If you prayed that in a minute, raise your hand real high so I can see it. Thank you. Thank you. Put those down. Lord Jesus, there's only one hope for humanity as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be. We're getting there, Lord Jesus. I thank you, though, that you're still, as that pastor in the Ukraine said, God is here. We're being destroyed, but God is here with us. And I thank you. Three sweetest words I ever heard. God is here. Thank you for being here with us. I pray now for all the believers in this room that may need to get alone somewhere, open their Bibles to Ezekiel 36, 26, and bow their knees and say, I need that heart fixed. Lord Jesus, I don't want anybody to live with a damaged, dead, broken heart. I want people to be alive celebrate your goodness. Trust you for that. Thank you for your kindness. We love you. Praise you and glorify you because you can fix us where we need it the most. Precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.